Okay, I think we will start. Now, I have the ladies here always because, first of all, they take a lot better notes than their husbands. So <laughs> make sure to delegate very well. Um, do me, I, I, I always make this request in the beginning. I will take questions later on, but we have a lot to cover. And if anyone has personal questions, personal concerns about their oven, about their closets, or their perfume, um, especially the perfume, make sure to ask afterwards uh, and not during uh, the lecture. If you have general questions which are applicable to everyone, now we're being applicable to everyone, not everyone has a glass stove top, but I imagine more than one person will have that. Um, and just a general clarification, that would be certainly welcome. I thought, just to get us into the mood of how serious the topic is tonight, because everyone looks very serious. Um, my wife showed me this. It came out by Bina Magazine. This is not a promotion for Bina. But I thought that it, it, it kind of uh, could see the uh, gravity of Pesach. Okay, so here is the question. What do germs and chametz have in common? Okay. They can both be killed with bleach. <laughs> they are both contagious. If an item which hasn't had all the chametz killed on it touches an item which already has been cleaned for Pesach, then the clean item reverts to its previously chametz status, and one must once again be disinfected on all its surfaces. Just like there are more germs in the kitchen than there are in any other room in the house, there's actually more chametz there as well. How do you know when it's time to take a break from cleaning? When, answer, when you find a pretzel in the closet that you were cleaning and you dust it off, and return it to the shelf. <laughs> two, when you start scrubbing with bleach inside the drum of your washing machine. And three, when you find yourself incessantly singing Dianu to yourself with a different intent than the song from the Haggadah. Okay, how can you minimize the amount of chametz that the children scatter about the house without turning into a shouting shrew? One, sew their pockets shut. Maybe also the ends of their sleeves. <laughs> Two, send them to a visit to a relative in another country. <laughs> Feed them nothing but potatoes from the moment you start cleaning for Pesach. See next question. When should you start cleaning for Pesach? <laughs> the day after Rosh Chodesh Nisan, for people with a high level of Bitachon. <laughs> the day after Rosh Chodesh Adar, for the average type, that's already by, by four Purim. The day after Hanukkah, for the more nervous types, or the day after Pesach. <laughs> this isn't really as excuse as it sounds. Would you ever send the child into your storage closet holding a box of cookies? Okay. So we're not yet by Rosh Chodesh Nisan, but we're definitely after Rosh Chodesh Adar, Hanukkah. Um, and so I think it's a good time to start, and hopefully we'll be a lot more relaxed than this. Um, Truth be said, as I spoke about Shabbos, this should be the most joyous time of the year. I get to, to really be involved uh, of, in service of Hashem, be invo- constantly involved in mitzvahs, and really focused on it. And to the extent that a person's cool, calm, and relaxed, that's a reality. If a person does things that are perhaps incorrect, or has a, the wrong perspective, like anything in life, it's like, imagine the following scenario. Somebody comes into my office and I describe the marriage. You want to get married? 
Let me tell you what marriage is. You'll never have a free moment again in your life. <laughs> You'll be always obligated to somebody else. Your sleep, well, it's now shared. Right? If somebody wants to wake you up, they can wake you up. And when you have kids, forget about it. I mean, if that's your perspective of marriage and children, well, you would look at this as, as a dread. But if you realize what marriage is, there is nothing better in life, ideally, in an ideal world, than to be married. That's how a person becomes shalom, whole. That's how a person becomes perfected, ideally. So then, of course, it's all worth it. Pesach is when we marry Hashem. Nothing less. The night of Pesach, we end up married to Hashem. We, it's a time where the Jewish people became a nation. It's a time where we became redeemed and we became the people we are. And certainly part of the process of Pesach is building up to that connection. I, I, again, I, I just met, was involved in someone's wedding. It's a lot of work, but it's great. I mean, when someone wants to get married and they're planning their wedding, it's a lot of work. But every step of the work is enjoyable to an extent because you know what you're planning for. Right? You know, you know where you're headed. And if it's not enjoyable, that means that either per the perspective or what one's doing is a little off. Now, it is work. I'm not saying that preparing for Pesach is, you know, a couple hours. It's certainly uh, a devotion of time and energy, but it's great work. It's work which allows us to enjoy our wedding, uh, Pesach night. So let's first go over um, what comments is, what we're going to be searching for. I think my wife mentioned to me, she did something brief last week, am I correct? Mm-hmm. So if I say anything she said, um, fine, for those who weren't, who didn't hear it, if not, it's good review. So, chametz, the transgression of chametz is a kazayas. Now what is a kazayas? It's important to know in general, even for brachas. A kazayas is a half, just for in general, half of a piece of a New York rye bread. I've never seen a San Jose rye bread, but it's definitely half of a piece of a New York rye bread. Okay? So half a piece of a New York rye bread is a kazais. If you would have that much bread in your house on Pesach, you would be over a biblical prohibition according to all opinions. Okay? Um, if that half a piece of bread was inedible even for a dog, right, it would be poisonous. It's so old, it's green and blue. That would not be a problem. What about um, crumbs? So we'll get to crumbs in a second. But when you have bread, there are three problems with bread. Number one is owning bread. Right? Even if you're far away, as I mentioned in Shul earlier this week to the men, I said last year I, I was talking to a family who are not fortunate enough to be members over here. They're in one of uh, the temples around. But they're more traditional. And... Um, they, they, you know, I have a connection with them. So I told them they were leaving for Pesach. They were going to out of the state. I said, great, I'll sell your chametz. They said, Rabbi, our, our custom is we don't sell chametz. I said, what do you mean your custom? We don't do mechira. But we're not going to be there for Pesach. I said, let me explain to you something. If you have a house filled with bread and cookies and cake, and you own your house, you've over-biblical owning chametz on Pesach doesn't make a difference if you're in the house or not. You cannot own chametz on Pesach. So Mrs. Roberts, when she does her sale, she's not going to only sell her cabinets over here, but more importantly, she's going to sell her whole house in Sonora. Right? This way I'll make sure that her husband's here the whole Pesach. Right? <laughs> or the other option is he has to clean it. Right? So you're going to sell the whole house. You know why? Even though you're not going to be there for Pesach, you own chametz. It's forbidden to possess. 
chametz. Number two, you can't have any pleasure from chametz. You can't have any hana, no pleasure. Okay. And number three, you can't have control of chametz. Right? You can't un- be under your control, even if you don't not an owner, you can't have any control. Um, as far as crumbs, crumbs which are edible are a problem. Okay. Crumbs which are inedible are not a problem. So, any crumb, you can take my word, that's under your refrigerator, and not a problem. Now, if it's on the edge there where your little kid broke up a cookie, so that obviously, if the hands reach, it may, it may be a problem because it's not dirty yet. It just was there. But if, it, if it's under your fridge, there is no reason to pick up your fridge because with the cobwebs in the dirt, it's unedible, for example, right? So, crumbs which are unedible are not going to be a problem. Just as far as, um, I'm going to do a few basic things, then we'll get um, into uh, more, more, more important things. As far as ethyl alcohol, right? Every year, Rabbi Levine, what alcohols are okay? Isopropyl, not a problem. That's no problem. But ethyl alcohol is made of what? Ethanol, grains, wheats, right? So ethyl alcohol is a problem. For those who are stringent according to Rabbi Feinstein, which is why you have this book and this book as far as cosmetics, if it would have ethyl alcohol, for example, there are those who are stringent. There are many people who are lenient. Okay, yes? Corn in America, but it's ethyl alcohol. Corn is not hummus. Corn is kidneys, but there's ethyl that has also wheat. It's made from grains. Um, I just give ethanol as an example. It wasn't right. So, um, um, so Rabbi Feinstein holds. This is a stringency. I just want to clarify this now. That if you can, you know, alcoholics, they they want alcohol. You know what they take their alcohol from? Perfume. Oh, you probably what? Anything. They they can dilute. They can dilute out ethyl alcohol. So since it could be diluted out, there are those who are stringent. Even though right now it's not edible. There's a stringent opinion, okay? I just want to point out that's a stringency, okay? Not to use cosmetics or, med- or, or things like that that are, have ethyl alcohol as a stringency. Um, there are many who are stringent. You can go get Rabbi Fleming's credits book and others as far as that. What is not a stringency is lipstick and things that put in your mouth. <laughs> Mouthwash or anything of that sort because that's actually going into your mouth. Things that go on your body, right? So that is... Astringency, but things that go into your mouth, whether it's mouthwash or a lipstick, right? You need kosher to place of lipstick, um, which there are plenty of. You just have to go to the list to find out. That is 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 more according to Now, every year I get someone from Levine. I can't believe that I bought shampoo and it has wheat. It has wheat. And the shampoo. shampoo, right? So the shampoo has wheat. So I always said that it's a custom not to use it, but as opposed to ethyl alcohol, if you want to dilute the weed out. Could you get the weed out of the shampoo? <laughs> no. So it's not edible. A dog wouldn't eat your shampoo, no. for example. So the shampoo or soap or anything of that sort would not be a problem of that stringency. Okay? But toothpaste, but toothpaste is also going into your mouth. Right? So toothpaste, mouthwash, lipstick, all of that you have to be careful about for Pesach. Okay? So... The reality is most people spend a lot of time cleaning their house. 
So just when you're cleaning your house, start over there. What are we looking for? Okay? There is a concept to look for chametz everywhere. What is this concept? So Kabbalistically, Kabbalistically, chametz is represented by the Yitzhahara. And certainly Pesach is the one holiday of generational, from generation to generation, right? we pass down. And getting rid of any chametz is a concept which is important. However, another important concept is doing it happily. So, what are we really looking for? We're really looking for edible chametz, a kazayis. We're not looking for crumbs which are edible, right? Which, which means if you have to look in the, in the corner of a crevice, that's not going to be edible crumbs. So, what you're looking at a room. Let's say I'll be looking in this room, okay? This room... Assuming the ladies are going to come and clean it first, okay? <laughs> Rose is already on, on call uh, for that Monday when the thing. This room shouldn't take me to look over, which I will after they do it, more than a few minutes. Not that hard. It's an empty room. They're going to mop the floor. Well, if they mop the floor and they use detergent, if there are any crumbs, are they going to be edible? No. No, absolutely not. I mean, and if you're going to tell me that what if a kid can eat the crumbs, what do you say? Is that edible? No. My kids, if you, anything within, within a little ball, I have to watch out for my little kids. They can eat food or non-food. It's not edible, right? So this one, once the, the, the floor, it's mopped here, I don't have to be that concerned. What would I be concerned about? Well, I would look in the closets to make sure there's no, nothing was missed. I'll look if there's any crackers or cookies or pretzels. And the other thing, I'll look at those chairs. Because the chairs, people are going to eat on. Right? And I'm going to look at the backs to make sure there's no actual food on the chairs. Because there's fabric chairs where you eat on something to look over to make sure. Let's say there'll be fabric on that chair, which I can't get off. Chametz on that chair ingrained. And I try to get off. What would I do? I would take my, my, my friend on Pesach, which is anything with ammonia, Clorox wipes, and I would wipe it on it to make it unedible. Right? Ammonia is your friend. Clorox is different because if you have any crumbs and they're unedible, it's not a problem. Hey, last year, Michael Lerner was cleaning cars and he, he did a very thorough job. I think he had like four hours per car until I like, had to calm him down. Um, so there were crumbs. I said, just if you can't get them, spray them with a you know, Clorox type spray, ammonia, whatever. Just make it unedible and it's not a problem. Okay? That's as far as, as that would go. Okay, so when you look at your house, it shouldn't be that strenuous. Now, if you have children, you have, if you're fortunate enough to have little children, most probably every room in your house has to be checked. <laughs> okay, and especially under couches, because you may not find crumbs there, but you may find, you know, cookies, pretzels, whole bags of chips, sandwiches, sandwiches <laughs> definitely sandwiches. So you got to check your house. But again, what are we looking for? It's not to do a spring cleaning over here. It's the actual check um, for comments. With, with children, one of the things that one should be careful to check are toys. Okay? Inside toys, around toys, because they play with their food and they play with their toys. And pockets. All right, and pockets, I'm going to get to in one second. Um, toys. What about clothes? Do you have to get new clothes for Pesach? Now tell your husbands yes. <laughs> But, it, it, just in case he doesn't have it in the budget, of course you don't have to get new clothes. You can, you can wear your same clothes. If your clothes are dirty, of course you would wash, um, you would wash your clothes uh, with detergent. 
But the one thing to check are your, are your, are your, are your pockets. Because pockets, if you put in food there, for adults, you don't put cookies into your pockets. So, you don't have to worry, but you should check that there's nothing, there's no food in the actual pockets. But with kids, you really gotta undo the pockets, make sure there's no crumbs in there. And if you can't get it, also just spray it a little bit so it's unedible. What? With kids' clothes? Well, it's hard because the pockets have, like, you'll, you'll find out soon enough. <laughs> they, they can, like, take a pretzel and squish it in the pocket. Yeah, so if it's run, run through, you can assume that it's unedible with detergent. If it gets that, you know, that all the, the stuff out, yeah. In my pocket? I don't know if it's in my pocket, because I put my hands in my pockets. But it, but, but it hasn't happened yet. But if it did happen, I would have to check that as well. Um, okay. I want to do the most important thing, though. And the most important thing is the kitchen. And the reason why the kitchen is the most important is because if you have in the house crumbs and they're unedible, it's not a problem. Certainly, very easy to find bigger pieces of bread. But if you have in the kitchen not only crumbs, but if you have in the kitchen any chametz, even on a table, which is not used for a while, it's a big problem. Is there any sfardim in the room? Oh, you have it easy, okay? Because Ashkenazim are super duper machmer. And this is already going back hundreds of years. There are two major stringencies on Pesach, which is why Pesach food costs more, and why kitchens are the focus of the cleaning, okay? Kitchens are always should be the time investment. The rest of the house should not be that difficult. Really, if I told you, I, I literally would spend a few minutes in this room. Once I mop the floor, it shouldn't take more than a few minutes. But the kitchen really takes a lot of work. And that's for two reasons. Number one, on Pesach, there's no nullification. There's no bittel. Okay, for example, I get questions all the time. Rabbi Levine, you know, I can't believe it. It's always my, the husband or the wife's fault. It's never the spouse who trapes it, usually. It's always the other one calling up. And it's, <laughs> you know, so it's usually my wife or my husband. They weren't thinking. You know, once in a while, I, was, I, I was, wasn't thinking, you know... And I put this in there, and this ended up in the soup, or this ended up on the table. So, well, the first question will be, is there 60 times the amount? Right? Unless there's other factors involved. But there's no, you can nullify tray food. It's possible to nullify it. On Pesach, you can have a barrel the size of this room, and you can take one little crumb of hummus and throw it into this barrel, and the whole barrel is not kosher. Any actual hummus that's in a mixture, makes it not kosher in the Pesach. Okay? So in your house, I'm not that concerned. Right? You'll mop the floors. You're going to sell your house. And I'm, really, I'm going to sell, in theory, any chametz around. Right? Even if you're there, I'm selling any cookies that you forgot about. Right? I, in, at some level. Don't rely on that, but it's something there. But when you eat the food, can't have any chametz. Not even a drop. Now that Sephardim have like Ashkenazim, right? But what Sephardim don't have and Ashkenazim do have uh, is that not only that, usually what's the, what's the question, First, the second question I'll ask, you have a pot, has the pot been used in 24 hours? Right? Has the pot been used as a Ben Yomo? Why is it the difference? Because if it's stale taste, if it hasn't been used in 24 hours, it's not a problem in most cases. Okay? On Pesach, they don't say that. If I have a pot that I used eight months ago, two years ago, and I made pasta. 
by mistake, I made matzim meal on it on Pesach. That, 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 the fact the pot is clean and hasn't used for two years, it's still a problem. Because we don't say that, that the old pot, the taste is no longer good. Is that clear? Everyone, is that clear? Of it without kashrei, without kashrei. Which means that any time we are around food on Pesach, there has to be nothing that had any connection to chametz. So I know most people don't don't cook in their dining room or living room, hopefully not in their bedrooms. Um, <laughs> but wherever you're cooking, that's the number one concern. Okay, so we're going to talk about how to make sure that, that there's no problems. And then really, it's not that hard to make sure there are no problems, to make sure that the kitchen is 100%. Okay? First of all, we can kosher many things. What could be koshered? Metal. Even aluminum. Now, we'll talk about how we kosher. Right? Not every metal vessel could be kosher, but metal is a kosherable material. Stone, granite, marble could be koshered. Wood could be koshered. Wood, which is not chemically heavily affected. Yeah, plain wood could be. Yeah, wood could be koshered, absolutely. For Svartim, as you okay, glass could be koshered, not for Ashkenazim. Earthenware, China, earthenware, um, uh, stoneware, no, they cannot be koshered. Right? Silver store and porcelain, enamel, corningware, china, all not. Plastic and rubber, and when we say plastic and rubber, that includes Teflon, Corian, Formica, Melnac, is a big question throughout the year, whether they could be kosher or not, there's different opinions. On Pesach, the general custom is not to kosher that, okay? No, no, no that should be kosher. Okay. Did you say silverware now? Silverware, yes. That's metal. Silverware, yes. Okay. So what doesn't need to be koshered? Right? What, what, before we get to what needs to be what doesn't need to be koshered? So dentures and biplates don't need to be koshered. It should be soaked. If you try to kosher, boil there are people who boil it and then they have to go to their orthodontist or their, <laughs> their, their, uh, their dentist and they have problems. Um, uh, technically speaking, if you wouldn't wash it, a can opener wouldn't need to be koshered. A can opener, if you never use it, if you never wash it, you just dry it with, with a napkin, would not need to be koshered because you're not using it hot. Right, think about a can opener. Think right now. You take a can opener and you open a can. Right? You clean it. It doesn't need to be koshered. Kosher means... So you clean it with cold water. Again, the only and how it would have, it, it technically speaking, it would be fine. I'm just telling you, if you have no other can opener, you could, if you now if you washed it in a sink with hot water and with a dirty sponge, then it would need to be koshered. But if you're the type of person who uses a can opener and doesn't wash it in the sink with hot water, then technically a can opener would not need to be koshered. Uh-huh. <laughs> all the can openers on water all these years. Yep. Okay, so uh, refrigerators we'll get to in a minute. Uh, high chairs we'll get to in a minute. Candlesticks. Just as a general rule, by the way, that the custom is that anything that's on the table, anything that's on the table during the year, 
you kosher. So if you keep your candlesticks on the table, right, and they're metal, I can tell you over a year, there's kala on the table, there's other things on the table. If you want to put it on the table on Pesach, then you should kosher them. If you're not going to put it on the table, you're going to put it on, in my house, you have it on a second table, it's never on the table, and then there's no reason to kosher it. But if it's going to be on the Pesach table, then it should be kosher. Anything around food needs to be kosher. I'm going to tell you, before we get to that, what could be kosher, what can never be kosher. Okay? Here we go. Mixers. No, never. Never means no. Cannot. Mixers. Bread machine. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Baking utensils. The minute the custom is anything that used for kneading, baking, not too kosher. Crock pots, grater, utensils with plastic handles, pasta maker, sandwich maker, toaster ovens, toasters, waffle irons, blender blades, cookbooks, recipe boxes, old toothbrushes. I'm sorry, Mr. Lindenbaum, just in case anyone thought about it. Um... And this I put down because I always say this story, but it's worth it to mention. Painted macaroni. Now, why do I say painted macaroni? Because I was at someone's house in the Bay Area a couple years ago. On Pesach, I stopped by to say hello. A rabbinic figure in their dining room. It's like Cholomite Pesach. And I'm looking at their wall. And I'm looking at their wall. And it says, everything okay? And I said, isn't that macaroni? They had like the kids' project on the wall, like this hard macaroni. This is, they had Heather Seder, you know, they're, they're sitting there looking at the mac. It probably didn't, never hit their head. So obviously, look at your kids' projects as well, and put that in the in the closet with the benchers and sell it. Okay. It's not inedible though. Macaroni? No, of course it's edible. You put it into a into a pot. It will be very edible. Macaroni. Yeah. Painted. Painted. In the work. Absolutely, it's, it's edible. Well, then what? Play-Doh. Play-Doh, yeah. Play-Doh. Okay, so how do we kosher? How do we kosher? So anything as a general, we're going to have Hagala here. I think it's April 1st. I'm pretty sure that's the day. April 1st in the, af- in the, in the, in the afternoon. So Hagala, and how do you do Hagala? So Hagala is on completely clean. I, I'm going to put in, and I check what goes in the Haggalah, I put it in, nobody else does. I'm, if anyone is dirty, it's not valid for Haggalah, not even later that day. You know why? It has to be clean and not used for 24 hours. Okay? Clean and not used for 24 hours, which means you want to eat Shabbos afternoon with your spoon, and then you want to kosher it the next day, and you use your spoon for your cholent. Cholent has barley, kishka in certain houses, not that's not uh, uh, that's not actually no it, won't, it won't, probably won't be enough times to do to do to do the Haggalah it has to be clean completely clean not used for 24 hours if it's new it can't have something on it but the problem is you have to you do you, you, you do tefillah anyways if it's new so there's no tags or stickers but no dirt on it okay so what Haggalah Hagalah is to purge. So what, what, what do we do Hagalah on? So good question. Anything that is used for cooking gets purged. For example, what it means to be cooking? It means with liquids. If it's used with liquids, a soup pot would get Hagalah. Right? 
That's if you want to buy, you don't want to buy a supat, you want to cash a supat, you would do hagalah. Why? Because that's used with liquids. So what you would, how would you cash a supat? You would make sure you clean it, you can clean it with a chamech sponge, completely clean, not used for 24 hours. You would bring it to the shul, it would go into a boiling hot pot, the pot has to have a continual boil, goes into the pot, goes into cold water, and it's now kosher for Pesach. It's very simple. Anything that's all metal, that would work for. If it would have plastic handles, I mean, it would not to be, would not, would not, to, would mean not to kosher that. If you want to use your kiddush cups on Pesach, right, one of the things that people, every year, probably the most popular item that's koshered on Sunday, are kiddush cups. Right? You use your silver kiddush cup, so you have to make sure on Shabbos, Gullah's on Sunday, if you're going to use it that Shabbos, you could use it, right? But you have to make sure that it's not put with hot water or any hot foods over that Shabbos. Okay, is that clear? Any questions on that? Clear? So, Hagal would be anything that's used for cooking, not baking or grilling. Anything used for cooking, made of metal or wood, if you're Sephardi, Pyrex or, or hot glass, you could do Hagalah for. What about uh, Libun? Right? Lib- Libun. That's the next term. L-I-B-U-N. Libun would be for things which are used baking, grilling, without a medium of liquid. Okay? So that will need Libun. So, we'll just discuss some of the things, how, how, that, how that plays out. Okay? If you do, by the way, just if you do, if anyone's doing Hagala at home and not here, you have to make sure that the pot you do Hagala with, this is, this is throughout the year, but especially on Pesach, the pot you do Hagala with has not been used for 24 hours. The pot's completely clean. Okay? If you do Hagala ever, even during the year, and that the water is boiling. Because what happens here, whenever you do Hagala, you'll lose the boil. Right? And when you lose the boil, then you have to wait till the boil gets up to do, to do the purging. Also, you can't, should not do, you can't take, uh, you know, f- 15 forks and knives and put it in at once, because it will weigh down one and each other and the hot water won't hit, eat every part. Okay? Yeah, it won't hit. What if you have a big pot in Hagala? Some people come here with massive pots. What do you do with that? Hagala? Purging? Well, you could do that, but you need the stone itself has to be very hot to do that. Or if you bring it here, you could actually do, by Hagala, you could do half of the pot at a time. As opposed to Tzfilas Kalim, when you go to the mikvah to Tovol the Kalim, that you have to immerse the whole vessel at once. Right? You, just like a lady, when she goes to the mikvah, she has to immerse all of her body at once. She does half her body and does a flip and does the other half. It doesn't work. So, so too, when you immerse a, a, a vessel... It has to be completely immersed. Okay? Kalim, by koshering, that's not the case. You can do half and half as long as you make sure that you get the whole half and the whole half, right? That would be okay. It's a big... So you do one, one utensil at a time or you can do more than one utensil? I, I usually do about five or six forks and knives and I shake it in there, but if it's too many of them in there, it, it, it weighs it down, right? So a few we do at a time. I, every year there's about three or four people who don't have uh, extra silverware and they quote and they have all metal now if you have plastic handles your spoons or forks or knives I always by the way as a general 
tip. When you buy silverware, flatware, for your, even for your week, don't buy the plastic handles. Why? Because in every Jewish house, there are at least 10 pieces of silverware, shalom bias, that every year are going to have to be koshered. So if you have plastic handles, it's a question of koshering them. And if they're all metal, you never have a problem. Because you can, even if someone messes up, you can always kosher it. Right? When you buy a spoon with a plastic handle, so then once you have a problem, it's an, it could be it could be an issue. Certainly a pace like you can't kosher. So every year somebody comes here literally with hundreds, hundreds <laughs> of flatware. And like I usually you know put them at, at the end of the line because you know there are people coming with two things for cups and they're coming like you know with like hundreds of flatware, which is fine. It's totally fine. But you have to really take every you know five forks and I do it, and then five more forks and, and knives. Uh, and, and doing those. And it still has to be continuously boiling. So, right, so once the, if you lose the boil, the water has to reboil, and when I, it has to, actually has to be boiled, not just hot, reboil and to, and to do it, right? And it's your house as well throughout the year, that's, that's the case, okay? So that would be for vessels. Any questions on vessels? Yes. Libon is, the application, let's say it would be a frying pan, okay? Let's imagine not a Teflon coated frying pan, because that Teflon can't be koshered. A regular iron cast frying pan, right? Completely iron. And what do you make on your iron cast frying pan? All metal. French toast, waffles, uh, pancakes. Now you love that iron cast frying pan. And you imagine, you envision yourself with matzah brai on Pesach. You envision, you see the matzah brai. Everyone knows what matzah brai is? Because if you don't know what matzah brai, if, if you also find a matzah brai, you pick matzah and you put oil and sugar. It's really good. Uh, <laughs> ask my wife for the recipe. I highly recommend it. Uh, I don't usually get it because my kids eat it by the time I have it. <laughs> by the time it's my turn to eat, it's all gone. But it's an excellent recipe. So you, you say, this iron cast frying pan, I would love to have this for Pesach. It's not in the budget to buy a new one. Or why should I buy a new one? It's all metal. So how am I going to So I'm going to come here on Sunday and I'll give it to Rabbi Levine April 1st and I'll, I'll kosher it. So it won't be April Fool's Day, but it will be something you can't kosher with Hagala. Why not? Because how do you make French toast? Do you, is it cooked? It's pan-fried usually. So that's like making bread or on like a, a barbecue. If there's not a, a liquid medium, it needs to come out with a stronger... Uh, cleaning, which is called libun. Okay? Libun, there's two types of libun. Libun literally means it has to, sparks come out. It has to be very, very hot. Red hot, glowing hot. So, in real life, with an iron cast frying pan, there's two ways you can accomplish that. Either a blowtorch. Anyone have a blowtorch at home? I figured you have a blowtorch at home. So you can give it to Chaim Roberts, to Jim Roberts, he'll, he'll be very happy to use his blowtorch. Or you you do the same way you're going to cast your oven and other things, which we're going to get to next. You put it in your self-cleaning oven. Self-cleaning oven is libun. Okay? Self-cleaning oven gets to like 800 degrees or 907 most ovens. Right? And, and if you have a pure iron frying pan, self-cleaning oven will be great. So let's go to ovens. Any questions more about vessels? Um, yes. Will other not pure iron pans like a stainless steel stand? You know, will we have some oven that um, <laughs> The only thing I've, I've heard with, with the self-cleaning ovens are when you have thin, very thin 
sheet metal, it can melt it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I put things in there, I've never had a problem. Okay. Can you capture enameled cast iron? No. 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 Okay. Anything enameled, porcelain, anything that's it cannot be kashered. Okay. So you'd have to buy one for Pesach, and that, that's the case. All right. Question. Okay. Ovens. Now, if your if your husband loves you, um, or your landlord, or you're lucky enough that you got a self-cleaning oven for whatever reason, your life is good. Life is really good for Pesach. It's a piece of cake. Why? Well, as long as it's, right, no pun intended. As long as it's basically clean, as long as it's basically, kosher Pesach cake, as long as it's basically clean, you turn yourself clean the oven, and your oven's kosher for Pesach. Okay? Including the racks. Three days? No. No, not if it's self-cleaning. A self-cleaning oven, as long as... Four, well, it's usually four hours as a cycle, or four hours and 20 minutes. It could be five, whatever, three to five hours to give yourself some time. The self-cleaning oven does not need to do it. And the reason... Well, we, could, we could actually be cooking in it, and then... Go you can cook comets in it. Put away... Well, I, I wouldn't do that, because, first of all, you know, you have right. comets in the kitchen. I don't know how you're going to cook comets in your kitchen. Um, but you could technically do that, right? The oven could be cautioned immediately. The difference... The reason why is a self-cleaning oven is doing libun. What libun does is it burns out any chametz. The, in- the intensity of the heat is so great that any chametz that is in there gets burned out. As opposed to purging, which is hagalah, it pulls it out and it goes into the water. So the reason why I say, the reason why we don't let anyone who's used uh, a vessel within 24 hours do hagalah on April 1st it's because it, the, the chametz doesn't disappear; it will go into the water, and it, can ha- it, it can't be benyomo. This is for technical reasons. I don't want to go to the alumnus today for the technicalities, but you can't have a vessel because the way it works is it pulls it out of the wall, as opposed to libon or self-cleaning oven, which burns it in its place. Okay, so if you have a self-cleaning oven, you turn on the cycle, and you have to do one more thing. Ideally, you have to take aluminum foil and cover the door, especially because the window of the door does not get as hot as the oven. Cover the door? The inside door. The window. The window. The inside door. You cover the door when you're running it? No. No, 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 no. no. After, it's cold off for about two hours, three hours. Give it, make sure it's cold. You know, cold, you know, it's a done deal. Cover that with aluminum foil. Let it go over a little bit into the, the outside edge. It should cover with aluminum foil. Okay. But if you are not using the oven, you need to clean it? If you're not using the oven, you do not need to clean it. And this is actually, I should just address this. If you're not using your oven, what is what you do? You take tape on the oven, you put either Pesach or Chametz, and you sell your oven for Pesach. And this is the same thing. Mrs. Linda Malm, it's a miracle she's here because she's not going to clean for Pesach this year. Right? What she, she's going to clean somebody else. She's going to clean somebody else. But her own house... <laughs> you know, I should really just jump into here for a second. I'm going to come back to ovens. I am always amazed. I'm really amazed because I, every year I get this following question. I Levine, I'm going cleaning all my, my, my bread maker. I'm cleaning this. I'm cleaning the toys. Looking for chametz. And, you know, are, are you selling it? Yeah, I'm selling it. So why are you cleaning it? Because I don't want to have chametz. I said, where else are you selling? 
well, I'm going to sell my cereals, I'm going to sell my breads, I'm going to sell my, my, my pretzels. I said, you're selling bread and cereal and pasta and pretzels and you're, why don't you just put the toys in the closet and sell the toys? You know, why are you looking and scrubbing the toys? Don't look at your benchers or your cookbooks or your or the things you eat with food. Anything you're going to sell, if you're going to sell bread, if you're going to sell real bread, there's no reason to clean that. That's a lot... That's a lot less than selling bread. There are individuals who don't sell bread. Okay? If you're very stringent like that, so then perhaps there's a chumrah, a big stringency to clean it and then sell it. But if you're selling bread, cookies, crackers, then anything that's going to be sold, anything it's hard to clean. You know, if you have kids and there's certain toys which you know that they stuff their kitchen toys, and kids' kitchen toys are, 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 are the worst. Right, because they pretend they're like their mommies or in certain house daddies, and they're they're in there. They jam everything in there. Well, you can spend two hours cleaning that, or you can put it away for Pesach, put it into a closet with the with other things you're selling. Just sell it. Don't even clean it. Right. So if you have an oven, you put Pesach and you just sell it. What about your refrigerator? Well, not your refrigerator. Let's say you're selling part some in your refrigerator. Some are perishables. You're going to sell. Um, well, you for sure. I'm selling oh parts. Yeah, I'm going to sell parts. Don't <laughs> worry. Don't, don't worry. We'll make sure that you're kosher for, uh, for after Pesach. Um, so, but you, you have you have perishables, right? You, uh, imagine the following case. I'm selling parts, and I go two days before Pesach, and I see Rami sweeping the floors. I say, Rami, why are you sweeping the floors? Oh, I'm, I'm cleaning for Pesach. I'm looking at the store. I see bread all over, cookies all over. What are you cleaning the store? Just sell the whole store, right? There's no point if you things that are going to be sold to clean it. Okay, so if you're going to sell your, in your refrigerator, so you're going to have a certain area, it's going to have your cream cheese. Why well, do I have to sell my cream cheese? Because if you look in the cream cheese, you'll see that your husband, when he took his cream cheese, you'll see the crumbs in the cream cheese. And so sell your cream cheese, and you'll sell your peanut butter, and you'll sell anything your husband ate, because you can't trust your husband. <laughs> because inevitably, men are not as well refined as ladies. They don't know how to get a new spoon or a new fork or a new knife. Uh, I don't know such men, but I've heard of them. So, <laughs> so you'll make sure that's in there. So you're going to sell that area. Well, all you're going to do in your fridge is you're going to cover that area so you can't see it. Okay? You can't see the chametz. And, you, and it's marked off. Now, typically people... I've been, I was once in someone's house. They actually look over something. And I saw that they sold the fruit drawers, the pull-out, you know, the, the drawers on the bottom. But the only issue was is that you can look down. I looked in the fridge. I saw the bread. Like I was looking in the fridge, and like you can see into the into the bread. So if you're going to sell those drawers, put newspaper there on top, or anyways, going to cover it so that you can't see it. So in a oven, you're not seeing anything anyways. You just close it, put either pesach or chametz, and you're good. Okay. Back to the oven. If it's self-clean oven, life is good. If it's not a self-clean oven, it's a regular oven, and this includes continuous clean oven, well, life is also good, but not as easy. Um, for the, an, a non-self-clean oven, including continuous oven, you have to clean it thoroughly. Very, very difficult to clean it thoroughly. If they clean it thoroughly, so usually you're going to use easy off. Don't use an easy off in a continuous clean, though, because you'll ruin the continuous clean. I don't have con- continuous clean in this room. So I'll skip that. In a regular oven, you can use e- easy off. You clean it very well. Okay. Um, you don't use it for 24 hours. And then you um, will put it on the highest for two hours. 
highest bid. Just two hours, reckon? Two hours is fine. Could, so some say longer, but two hours is fine. If you want to put it for four, you put it for four. But two hours is fine. However, you're not done. Then you got to go ahead and put the aluminum on the door in case things fall. And the racks are still a big problem. So on the racks, even after you've done that, you either have to put aluminum foil every time you cook, or you find your friend who has a self-clean oven, and before they put their self-clean mode on, you put your racks into their self-clean oven. This will not... I've done this many times. Now I have self-clean. But in the show, people have done it. In their kosher, in their kitchens. It happens every year. You take your racks, you put it into someone else's self-clean oven. When they do theirs, your racks will be then fine. Okay? That's how you do a regular oven. Um, Cooktops. Burn, burn tops. So, the grate. Now, if you, I'm going to go to that next, because if you have grates, the best thing to do with the grates are, you know, in a gas oven they have grates, uh, you, with electric burners you usually not grates. But with gas there's grates, you take the gra- grates and you put it in the self-clean oven, you put the grates in as well. Grates are now, now kosher for Pesach. If you don't have self-clean, then what you have to do is take the grates, turn it, flip, turn it over, turn on two of the burners, and put a blech on top of it and let the blech get the fire going down to catch the grates. So it's much easier just to put those grates into a self-cleaning oven. And, and yeah, that's fine, but you shouldn't put all four burners on at once when you do that. No, no, they don't just do that. Don't put all four burners at once if you're going to do it that way. Oh, it could change colors slightly. It depends on the type, the type of grate. But it still be 100% usable. If you're renting, so then but you may want to... that doesn't apply to the, to the grates that look like uh, enamel. Because there are some that... Are grates enamel? Some, some yeah, I think, yeah. I think yeah. Okay, so if it's... So, if it's enamel, then I would... I, I, this is the same thing. With the glass stovetops, with the glass stovetops, uh, there are ways to kosher it, like covering all of the glass so they can crack. I, I've, what I've told everyone the glass stovetops, if you ask me, life is much easier if you just buy two burners at, 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 at Home Depot or Walmart, wherever they sell burners. They're back me on. Yeah, and then you just use it for Pesach. It's just much easier than getting into all kinds of uh, wow. try, tr- problems of the, of, of, uh, of the glass stovetop because the next thing you have to do on the stovetop is cover the entire area around it. Now, if you have all metal, you can pour boiling hot metal all over the stovetop, but I think it's a little bit difficult, you know. So the best thing is to go ahead and cover with aluminum foil the entire stovetop between the burners, okay? Uh, usually two layers works better than one. And after that, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to aluminum foil the, the back wall because there's always backsplash, right? right? The, the back wall. Mrs. Brown, you look very serious. No, I'm thinking. Okay. Intently, okay. Uh, <laughs> the which one? You would you cover? There's a vent. There's a vent. It's there's a vent at the, 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 the top. No, 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 no. no. It, it, it comes out of the. Oh, so oh, good. So uh, 
you could, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that does not need to be covered because you're not putting food there. Anywhere there's, where there's air coming out of vents on, on a stovetop do not need to be covered. Thank you. But the back wall does, and now you mentioned vents, very often there's stovetops and they have a, a, a cover on top. Some of them are very low, right? Uh, in general, that could present a question during the year, which people have to be careful. If you do have that, you can take the afterwards about during the year. But if you, if you go there and you take a soup, on Friday, you have a nice big soup that's cooking, you know, with the matzo balls and the carrots, celery, and the chicken. Did you have dinner yet? <laughs> <laughs> I did, and I'm still getting hungry. So, so you have that soup, and it's piping hot. You take your hand and go up top there, and you almost always find it's wet. Right? You don't know, I mean, realize it. it's wet. The steam. The steam. Well, the steam has when you make your pasta. That steam of pasta went there, and your matzo balls in there. That steam of matzo balls went there, and your meatballs, which you put a binder of, of flour in there, well, that also that steam up there. So that top has to be covered also with aluminum foil. foil. Okay? Yes. Uh, I'm thinking of above ours. There's a uh, what do you call those filters, right? They're, they have these filters that you can take out and or wash or right. So be sh- the, the, before you cover it, you should clean. Go you have to cl- and, and you also have to clean it very well. That's the next thing I say. Make, you have to make sure to clean that filter. extremely well. Yeah, very well. Replace the filter. You can buy a filter. It's a fan. Yeah. 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 Covering the fan over the oven. That means we can't use it. You should not use it on face. Not the fan on face. No. Yeah. You should not use the fan? Because you're covering it. I mean, try if you cover it. Cover it? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you can make air vents in it. I wouldn't do that. Because if, if it can push out, if there's anything in there, I wouldn't do that. Uh, you don't, for Pesach, you, you don't need to, to use the fan. Nothing's, the, uh, I would not use the fan on Pesach, to be honest. Um, because if you start pushing out, if you didn't clean well, it will go into your food, which is below. So, as mentioned, that's the, you know, if there's anything there... You know, if it's covered, you have no problem. If it's not covered, uh, you know, you, you can have an, an issue. This is the food you're talking about. This is, remember, if I have this room, I would take one crumb and throw it into a, a barrel the size of this room, the food's not kosher. Right? So the main, the main concern of Pesach, meaning, in, in the real, in the half of Pesach rye bread, it's ownership, possession. That's how you're a problem. As far as eating, it's a lot more problematic. Yes? Your nurse, uh, I have guests can I just turn it on in for an hour or? Well, that's so, so it's for, again, so the grates have no, to. No, not grates, the burners themselves. The burner? I mean. The drip pan? No, no. Where the fire comes out. Well, no, the gas, well, that's, yeah, that's, turn it on for two minutes. That's, that's not a problem. Yeah, but the drip pan, the drip pans. Yeah, um, Right, you, you could cover, you could put hot, hot water. Technically, technically those who hold the Japan's are not a problem at all because it doesn't actually interact with food, right? Um, but yes? Over my oven, there's a microwave. It's the same issue underneath yeah. the microwave. Yeah, you should clean it. Because again, so that's what I have. We clean it and then we cover it. Right, Ex- clean it foil. and cover it. Double foil? Exactly, okay. double foil. Still need to remove those well, because they'll have, probably have actual stuff in there. It's better to remove it. Yeah. If you, yeah. Um, yes. Well, wait, one at a time. We get to, no, wait. Yeah, good. I have a question about uh, the glass top. Uh, I've been on the CRC website 
that if you could turn on the burner right. for one hour on high and that and cover it cover and cover it that's what they hold it, it, it didn't say anything about covering. Yeah, you have to cover it as well. It probably actually has to. You have to cover it as well. And if you cover it, it can crack. You for sure have to, you have to cover all. Yeah, you have to cover it. That, that's any stove stuff. Glass, glass is not special. It's in here. You'll check it. You have to cover it as well. So you could do that. I just, you risk cracking your, your glass stove top. So to me, I don't think it's not worth it. Well, you've done that before? It, crack, it cracks. Yeah, it could easily crack if you cover it. It's not. It's not worth it. You technically, could you do that? Yes, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> you have to cover. It. Yeah. See, they didn't say they made a mistake. They already emailed three mistakes on their on their on their thing. I got three of their alerts already. If they didn't say, it. I'm pretty sure they said it because I read it already. I read it every year, but I'm pretty sure they said it. And if they didn't say it, they made a mistake. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. So right, you can that for sure. Right, exactly. Now, if you have electric burners. Electric burners are very easy. Just turn it on to the highest for 15 minutes. That's kosher for Pesach, the burner itself. Right? Gets to red, 15, not 5-0. Now, you may say, oh, it's so good for the electric burner people. They get an easy job. But on, on Pesach itself, it's nice to have gas burners for multiple yeah. reasons. Because <laughs> if you need to light a candle, you know, or, or for, for, for my I think she discussed probably cooking, how the application of tobacco um, it has pluses. Just, I'm sorry. Up, so upside down grates cover with. Uh, if you don't put it into a self limit, ten minutes. If you on the highest, yeah, ten minutes. If you don't put it into a self cleaning oven. Um, the last thing on the oven is on the bottom warming drawers. So remember we said what you do with your oven. You tape it closed. Whatever kind of oven you have, the warming drawer cannot be kashered. So you close that. You clean it if, 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 if you want to. And it's not for Pesach warming drawers. Okay. But you can use a warming drawer if it's not been used. If you have a brand new warming drawer, you don't have to do anything. It's it's uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, microwaves. <laughs> right, microwaves. Microwaves. If you have a plastic microwave. Sold for per Pesach. Most microwaves inside is most of them are like that. If it's all if it's all metal inside, right? Then there are technically speaking, it could be kosher. You can't take kosher the glass plate, but if it's all metal, you would be able to put a cup in there of water after being cleaned and not used for 24 hours. Put a cup of water. You boil it for 20 minutes. You move the cup. You do refill it. You boil again for 20 minutes. And you don't put the you don't put food directly on the microwave itself. You put like uh, something not metal, not, not aluminum foil, not in your microwave. Uh, but you put well, a pay, you put something a cardboard so it doesn't go directly on the microwave, and the microwave is kosher. So that's if you have a microwave. Dishwashers, I don't care. There are one or two of the like there are four or five of them. So everyone says you can't kosher a plastic dishwasher or a ceramic dishwasher. The all metal dishwashers. Don't kosher. <laughs> Don't think you can kosher that because the, I think the, the star case says you can't. I think seriously may say probably says you can't. The OU says if it's all metal and you get new racks and you change the filter and you clean it really well, I, I don't believe you can clean it really well. If, if, you, if, you, if you're really desperate and you want to buy new racks for your metal dishwasher and you really want to clean it thoroughly, call a kavod. But, if you, but it's, it's a big job to do that. Can we sell? 
Of course, you can sell it. You can sell it with all your dishes that are dirty. It's totally fine. You know? But, but, make... What? Well, the only reason you would sell your dishwasher is if it's dirty. If it's clean, if you ran out of cycle, there's not, there's no dirt in there, there's no need to worry about. Right? The reason some people like to sell the dishwasher is because the filter in there could be actually... If you would go into the filter in the dishwasher... What? Most problem, but if it, if it get, if it has a lot, which we'll get to the sink in the next sec- second, it, it could be not the best. Yeah. Yeah. If I use this dishwasher months ago, for example, okay, and it's clean. It's no problem for Pesach. I will not use. No reason. Yeah, it's then fine. You don't have to sell it. Just don't use it. If, but if there'd be any concern of blood in there or the filters, so you would just sell it. You probably know the things you're selling for Pesach. Okay? Um, there. Other way, don't use it. You're good. Exactly. So we don't sell the microwave? If it's completely clean, you're not selling anything. There's no reason to sell it. Okay. If it's dirty, you know, if a, two, a day and a half before Pesach, your husband put the chillant in there and it exploded and you, you can't handle this right now because you put your, your chametz sticker sponges away so you don't even have to clean it with anything just sell the microwave and you're done right goodbye I have a good buyer um okay uh sink now sink you can't live without a sink I hope you can't live without a sink um so you're stuck we're stuck with a sink if you have a porcelain sink oh, let's go to the, to the good news if you have a metal sink you have a, a stainless steel metal sink, which is what most people have. So you can cash that, no problem. It just has to be very careful. Why, why do you have to be very careful? Because you actually have to hit with boiling hot water. Again, bubbling, boiling hot water, the whole stainless steel sink. Okay, now before you clean the stainless steel sink, also has to be clean, completely clean, dry, and not used for 24 hours. But that's not so hard. Why is that not so hard? It's paper. No, I mean, you can cash it on Sunday. It's not a ca- No, but the, the reason it's not hard is because if you have to do something, you can use cold water. Right? You can't use hot water for 24 hours. You could use cold water for within 24 hours. Any water less than 106 degrees. So even slightly lukewarm. Okay. And then you're going to con- cash your, your stainless steel sink. Now, cashing a stainless steel sink is hard. Why is it hard? Because you have to hit the sides. You can't just pour, you gotta hit the sides, and I also be with boiling hot water. I know Ephraim Lindenbaum, you know who he is, right? Him and David Raka uh, both have a flower pot. He gave it to David. He gave it to David. And I use, I use, I use David's every year, so it's, it's convenient. Yes. So, what is it? They have a flower pot where you can actually pour, you put it on the fire. It's all metal. And you, you boil it on the fire, as opposed to taking a big pot and trying to maneuver that. You, you take a flower pot or something like that, and you hit the all of the sides. Well, let's say you get half of the sink, right? You do a part of the sink. So now you have to reboil another pot of water, okay? And you got to dry the sink completely, and then do the other part of the sink. Why? Because if you have a wet sink, when you pour it, even on half of the sink, what happens is it's the steam spreads throughout the sink. So if you that steam will get cool, and when you pour the boiling hot water again, it's not going to hit while it's hot. Okay, the water is going to hit, be hitting cooled water on there, so it has to be completely clean. 
So if you've got a double sink whereby you can't do one side and then do the other. No, you could, but you have to be, every time to dry it and keep going to the Even other side. Even though it's separate from each other? Yes. I mean, I mean, if, it doesn't, if the other sink doesn't get touched, then that's fine. I need to dry. So it has to be dry. Whenever you pour in the boiling hot water, it has to be dry. Uh, and not only if you have a separate sink, you have to actually do cash the, the metal part in between. Because that's always having hot food and it will have food on, on Pesach. Now, people are very nervous by sinks, even if it's all metal, because you may not hit it all. So what most people do, if they don't do it with contact paper, some people will put line it with contact paper, is they have an, either an insert or they have it above... They put the, they put the, uh, 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 a rack or something on the bottom, or an insert. An insert is like you'll wash your dishes in like a, a, like a, a basin. A basin, a basin, sorry. And they put the basin on two pieces of wood, right? And I can tell you in Lakewood, that's what everyone does, they put it on two pieces of wood, and the basin has a hole the, on, on the bottom or, or, you, or you pour out the water every time, and therefore you're not washing, uh, into the sink. Because the sink is, even though you can cash it's hard. If you have, a ceramic or porcelain sink, that's your only option because you can't kosher ceramic or porcelain. Yes? Can you kosher the faucet itself? Yeah, I didn't get to the other parts of the sink yet. So you have to kosher... Do you do that first and then the sink? So so as far as the the rest of the sink, before before the faucet, the drain, right? Now, the drain itself, if you have a takeout, you should do halgala on that, right? A little piece which comes out, uh, a a stopper, and either way, you should pour either a cleansing agent, a Drano, or something down that will kill anything, Clorox, Clorox everyone, anything that will purge it down the drain. Uh, if you have plastic pipes, make sure you're putting something that will kill plastic pipes. But uh, pour something down that should, it, it should uh, <coughs> destroy it. If you have a garbage disposal, obviously, also, you have to make sure that runs for a while. Um, as far as the faucet up top, if it comes off, you could do hagala on that, which is the best. Otherwise, you should clean it well. <coughs> you should clean it well. I yes. Can't understand with the porcelain, but I need to so, with a porcelain sink, you can't kosher it. Okay. So, what you have to do is, with that, it's, it's the, the, you should have two pieces of wood, okay. okay, that raise it off the sink and have a basin. And wash your, your dishes in a basin because if you have what hot water. A basin's like um, a dish pan. A dish pan. A dish pan. Okay. You get <laughs> okay. Like a like a like a bowl like a, a plastic cup. Okay. Or a rack. You can buy a rack. Yeah, as long as it's off new or new racks. New racks are fine. A rack that's raised off the bottom. Right. Exactly. It doesn't okay. leave the water. Doesn't that right? Yes. Can you use just like a plastic mat? That's not good because it will back flow up. Right, and if you and if especially ceramic, it's not kosher. That sink is impossible to kosher. Right, the sink's impossible to kosher, which means that sink a whole year you washed your dishes with chametz. Sink is treif as far as pesachs. Right, and if you have one sink, it's treif as far as so meat and milk. Yeah. I meant for under the dish pan, though. If you have the dish pan, have, can you just put a mat under the dish pan? It's not no, because if you're going to use hot water, if you're not if you use cold water, you can. That's totally fine. If you use lukewarm water, but if you use hot water, it's going to it could easily hit below. I mean, there's a drain there. It's going to hit. It will hit up into the into the, to the dishes. What if you're using a bucket that doesn't have a drain? If a bucket doesn't have a drain, then you can use that. If a bucket just a plain bucket with no drain, then yeah, that's but fine. There's still oh yeah, but there's water that goes. Wait, 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 wait. One at a time. Just do me a favor. Just raise because I have like three voices coming at once. And by kiddush, you can't be yotze, and certainly I can't hear it once. So, right? Is that 
Yeah. So if it's yeah, no it's drain, drain, it's just, it's just fine. Just yeah. the basin. Like right. Basin. Exactly. That'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. And then a mat under it. A mat under it. Right. So yes. Rabbi, do you still have to put the contact paper in the sink or a porcelain sink, even though you have the basin? It's again, it's it's recommended. Yeah, to do that. Yeah, because I can't see otherwise. Right. Right. It's recommended to do that. Right. Also, especially if dishes are hot, if it would hit, if it would hit it. Yeah. You know, by mistake, as you're coming out, if it drops there, it's easy to drop a, a fork or knife onto the sink when it's hot. Well, yeah. if it hits it, if it's if it's not covered, it will trafe it up on Pesach. Right. You can't do anything That's about it. Right. right? Yes? You mentioned before the having the dish pan with a hole in it. That, yeah, they sell them with holes in it. Right here. In, 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 in New York, they sell yeah. it. Oh. New York, it's like a hole. But you can just make yeah, a hole. But, but if you do yeah, that, if you do that, I don't really understand the point because that, 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 that's why they have it with wood. It's raised above that you don't have, that doesn't so backflow in. It's just like a it's higher right. than right. than exactly racks. Exactly. Not racks. Wood. High. A few inches high. Three, two, three inches high. But Rabbi, you said the rack was alright. If it, there's no hole. If it's just oh, if it's, so it's a plain basin, like our dish pans, are. right? Exactly. Okay. So metal rack wouldn't work. You need if, again, if it's there's no hole, then that'll be fine. No, with a hole, but if you like no, uh, it shouldn't have that unless no, you it as well. The sink is kashered. If you sat there and kashered your sink as well, it'll be fine. So, for instance, say you have a double sink, and on one side you have the garbage disposal, which I would say would be a hole, right? Right. You could put one of those plastic basins with no hole in it uh, in the side with the garbage disposal. I don't know. And then and then take your rack and put it on the side that it doesn't have. Well, most of them do have, actually. <laughs> never mind. I guess they all have okay. some sort of hole. Okay. Uh, never mind. <laughs> so, um, countertops. Countertops. Now, my suggestion... Covered hard plastic. And you're, you're good to go. I have, uh, I we have hard plastic that just covers the countertops. If you're there is a minog to, to pour water. If you're covering hard plastic you know, and you cover it well, now with aluminum foil. Aluminum foil, you got to do two 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 layers, and you got to really clean it well because that rips every time on Pesach. I I can tell you from the questions that I get every year, I've never had somebody say, "But I covered with hard plastic and it ripped through." But I have a lot of people call me. It's a little bit of foil rips. It's a plastic shower liner. Not contact paper. Hard plastic. If you want to use contact paper, you want to use contact paper, you can use contact paper and then put a little bit of foil on top of that. That's fine. Contact paper grips also when you're putting okay. vessels. I mean, you could do contact paper then aluminum foil. And to remove contact paper, ladies, you'll work right. twice as Now, long. if you want to be very courageous, every year people do their granite sink tops. I have no idea why that's worth it. I told that to your son this year. I said, don't do that. So, uh, just cover it. But if you would like to, you can cash your granite. You can sit there, get your whole kitchen like a pool, basically <laughs> spend four hours pouring boiling hot water over your all of your counters, getting your cabinets dirty. That's okay also. Your wood or your wood floors. So you could do that as well. But if you if you want to just be simple and easy and probably do a better job, you cover it with hard plastic and you're fine. Okay? And tap plastic is very cheap. It's very expensive. 
No, I got all of mine. Hey, well, you'll, you'll exchange you'll exchange stories later. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Yeah, good. Okay. Um, just on, on the same line, urn. If you use your urn for oatmeal, cereal, hot cereals, hot cereals, oatmeal, hot cereals, soups, then you got you should get a new urn for Pesach. It's all metal. Which I've never seen. The urn? You mean what? Coffee urn? Coffee urn. But how could you make oatmeal then? Inst- instant oatmeal. The, the knob. Instant oatmeal. The knob. Yeah, you put it over. It's plastic and the steam goes up. Right? If you're not careful with it, you should get a new urn for Pesach. What about tea? What? What about tea? Um, he said that uh, there's um, like people have a, there's like Shiloh um, because the um, the metal the whole thing was is like you know what I mean? I, I'm, I mean the pro- I mean ask me afterwards. It could be it could be a question. I'm not I'm not sure that there are. Okay. Okay, so maybe just make sure. Make sure. I, I'm not sure exactly, but it sounds like it could be a question. Um, pantry. Um, if anyone, is anyone planning on having a barbecue grill? No. no. Okay, so that's very complicated. Okay, will you tell that sinks? Plastic washing cups that you now. I don't care. The plastic washing cup you have in your bedroom upstairs. So you can watch Nagelwasser. You can use the same one the whole year. But the plastic cup that you have to wash hamotzi. <laughs> that's in your sink that's f- using hot water during the week who doesn't use hot water when they wash you know at least sometimes new plastic cups for, I mean that that for sure you need to get right? again the ones in your bathroom the ones upstairs the ones pla- you don't need to get new ones but the ones you have in your sink to wash amotzi you need new ones place up. Oh, yeah. I have a metal one on the if it's purely metal yes. then, you yes. it. then you can kosher it if there's no crevices then you can kosher it yeah, that's not a problem. Okay. Usually, usually they're metal and ceramic. But if it's all metal, yeah, for sure, kosher it. Not a problem. The ones here we kosher. The ones those are metal, we have metal ones too. Can we use ones that we had? I I have a, a jar of Dijon that I just put in my bathroom, in a bathroom. So if it's used in your bathroom, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, as long as you don't, as long as it's always in your bathroom, that's no chametz got near it, right? Right. So that's not a problem. Yeah, it's like buying a new one. Not not a problem. Uh, dish towels. The meaning of dish towels for some people is to have new ones. For Pesach, you do not need to have new ones just as long as you wash with hot water. You check them because many people the dish towels, they only use for their hands. When they're cooking, they're making their challahs and they're taking out their chickens or any of those, th- those things, um, they should have uh, check it very well. But the customs have new dish towels for Pesach. Okay? If you can't have new dish towels, then uh, make sure you check it. The gloves, what are they, what are they called? The hot gloves. What are they, what are they, the mitts? Yeah. No, oven mitts, thank you. Oven mitts. Oven mitts, new ones for Pesach. Unless you want to seriously wash it and look it over very, very thoroughly. Because remember, that oven mitt that you use for your schnitzel, that's the same oven mitt you're going to use for your, uh, your, 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 your kugel made of potato starch. But uh, but if it, if, if it had your sh- it still has the schnitzel on it, you're gonna have a big problem. You're gonna trip up your food. Okay. Pantry. 
Okay. Now, again, if you're, if you're selling part of your pantry, that's fine. You can even have alternate shelves. You can close off some of the shelves sold for Pesach, and the next shelf could be kosher to Pesach. That's totally fine. The, the custom is, remember ammonia or Clorox wipes? They, they, they sold Clorox wipes yes. just for Jewish wives for Pesach and husbands. Wonderful. Right? That's the only reason they make Clorox wipes in the world. <laughs> Take your Clorox wipe, you wipe the count, the, the, that part of the pantry so there's nothing in there. There is an ancient minog, at least 40 years old, to put either a newspaper or a contact paper or something that you don't put the food directly on. Then you can put your $7 kosher Pesach prunes on there, <laughs> your $8 kosher Pesach marshmallows in your pantry, and your $25 matzahs all on that, and no problem. If you want to get a cheap, Pars has it for $6, $4, so and $18. Like half of the price everyone else. Right. So none of this, like, washing it with soap and, wash it and rinsing it with water? No. Water. No, because, again, you, you know what? You're going to a pantry, right? First of all, you're not putting hot food there. Don't, does anyone put hot food in their pantries? No. Right. So there's no real concern. Not like your countertops where you're dealing with hot food. Your oven, you're dealing with hot food. See, no, there's no hot food involved there. There's no cookies or cake there. I hope no whole thing. So crumbs. Take your ammonia wipe. It's no even if it would be there. It's not no longer edible. Oh, I love these. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love my sock. <laughs> if you have items that like tea or wine that aren't opened and they're not, they don't have, you know, they're not breaded items. They're not hamets. But they're not kosher for Passover? Right, good question. Do you have to sell them? Or it's a great question. So, so some of them you, you can just put away. Let's say wine, in theory. Yeah. No problem, just put away. Almost all wines today that are kosher, it's kosher to Pesach. Yeah. But let's say it would be uh, a rice cereal. So some people like to sell them because it's not a big deal. Anyways, you're putting it and just putting it on your, your sale. And the reason is is because in our day and time, they process all these things on lines with... General Mills will have their cereals and their Rice Krispies and I, I hate to say it, but that maybe the ketchup and the mayonnaise went on the same line. In theory, if it's not on that, it will go, let's say frozen fruits. Frozen uh, processed fruits need to have a hechsha for Pesach. Not, not frozen necessarily, but um, what's the one I'm looking for? Prepared. prepared. Anything, because on the same line prepared, there's all kinds of other things being prepared as well. So even a lot of the products that in theory wouldn't have be tampered with could be. So some people just put it aside. But many of them don't have to be. You can just put it aside. Anyways, but if you're doing a sale, just put it over right. where the sale is. And that won't be a problem. Um, it would make a difference, though. I've had questions of people who took the wrong ketchup on Pesach and somehow or other it got out. So there are times you can be lenient because the fact that they didn't have an OUP, it really doesn't have comments. It's just you'd ask a question that would be the case. All right, okay. okay. Can yeah. you cover your shelves with some sort of clean fabric? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the truth is, if your your pantry, technically, because I joked around that this customs for 40 years, if you would put your matzah in a box on the shelf and you, you didn't ha- it wasn't covered, mm-hmm. it's also not a big deal. But if you want to feel like you're part of the Jewish world, you put something on it. <laughs> you know, just so if anyone walks in your house, they think, oh, I can eat in their house, right? Because everyone does it. But technically speaking, it's not, it really, it's really no concern. If you took your ammonia wipe and there's nothing on the shelf, you're not putting hot food there. I mean, what, what are you worried about? Hey, but my mother did it. My grandmother did it. I don't think my great-grandmother did it. But it's going back at least two generations. You cover the shelves. If you would put hot food there, then of course you would need to do a lot more. Then you would for sure need to cover it um, as well. Yeah. 
If I have a matzah meal, which is kosher for Pesach, but it was open during the year, is it considered kosher? You should sell it. Anything open, the custom is don't be involved. What if it wasn't open, but it was just sitting on a shelf? Totally fine. Yeah, of course, that's for sure fine. I think PARs, they probably have things, things on the same shelves. I'm sure when they transport the things on the same shelves, it's completely closed. Now, if the bag is tampered with or opened or at some level, then then you, have, you should you should get a new one for pesos. What about when you buy things that are frozen during the year that are really neutral? Like chicken, frozen like, chicken, uh, not pesos. One second. No, but... Vegetables and yeah, anything. Most frozen things should, should uh, uh, fruits for sure need to be kosher to pesa. Purely vegetables, if it's not baked or steamed or processed right. or additives, right. a lot of the additives like are problems. String beans. Uh, we have to check that no additives. Some exactly. of them, no additives. If it's you just plain beans. string beans, yeah. you can even eat it on Pesach. It's not a problem. <laughs> but if it's additives or if it's processed at some level, it could be a problem. To, for sure, to eat on Pesach, if they, you should get a hachshar, or, or you know, and certainly, it, if it's additives. No, can we eat? No, that's no, no. no. Well, she, she oh. if you, she's, if you're Sephardic, she's not Sephardic. Well, Ashkenazi. Oh, you became Ashkenazi? A long time ago. Okay. <laughs> so if you're Ashkenazi, you could, you can't eat it for kidney reasons. Of course. Yeah, okay. That's what when you said corn, I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Frozen chicken. Before we get to food, we, we, the food products we'll ask afterwards, really, because I don't want to start going through. Let's just do kashering first. Then we'll, 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 yeah, 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 right. So, it's a, so the fridge. Do you have a question on this? No, I was going to say the hot plate. Oh, let me do the fridge and I get the hot plate. Okay. Um, fridge. So fridge is a little bit more serious. Fridge and freezer are a little more serious. Now, as opposed to the pantry, you're putting dry foods in there. It's all going to be covered. Now, I, 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 I've, had, I've said this a few times in front of women. They're like, no, oh, it doesn't happen. But every time I ask a guy, that happens all the time. People put hot foods in the fridge, okay? They, they, you, know, you know, the wife asks the husband to put away the children, to put away the soup. You know, they, they, they know they're going to wait for two hours to put it away. They want to go somewhere. They put the hot soup straight into the fridge. And they put it on, on the fridge. And they spill, Right? And, you know, what happens is it soaks in the fridge, and the fridge has to be, A, cleaned very well. The parts you're selling don't have to be cleaned up. Now, if you're going to sell the fruit drawers, you're selling it. I mean, that, that drawer is sold. It doesn't have to be cleaned well. Whatever you're selling, if you want to be stringent, you could clean it. But there's no, if, you're, if you're selling comments in there, <laughs> selling your, your pasta, your open pasta, and your open matzo meal in there. Uh, let me just point out, by the way, parenthetically, Safeway here, selling matzo. Not for as cheap as pars, but <laughs> now it's not as cheap as pars, but it's not kosher for Pesach. <laughs> so the, they sell matzah, which is not kosher for Pesach. Yeah, so just be careful. Be careful. If you actually look, if you look during the year, they sell matzah, that's not kosher for Pesach. By the way, so if you have matzah right in your house, just double check that it's kosher for Pesach. The shmura matzah is always kosher for Pesach. It doesn't, nobody pays $25 for matzah during the year. So that's always kosher for Pesach, whether it's machine or handmade, I guarantee you. But the regular Manashevitz matzah, Manashevitz, before February, once in February, they're totally devoted to Pesach will make matzah, which is chametz. The standard is lower, which means that the flour could have been tampered with. The tampered means they cut water in there. They don't care, right? which, will, which will be a problem for Pesach, okay? But the fridge really has to be cleaned thoroughly, right? That's something you want to invest your time to make sure. Not just your oven, because 
you're going to cover it and you're not cooking in there. I mean, if you're cooking in your fridge, see me privately. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and, and if your husband's putting hot things in there, he should, he should, you know, whatever. But you'll clean the fridge thoroughly because there's always a lot of schmutz and gook in there. You clean it thoroughly. Um, then you should cover it. Everything should be covered. Okay? Aluminum, if you want to put contact paper, if you don't want to put contact paper, you know, I've seen people put even newspapers to make sure that's good pictures on there. Well, they sell um, fridge liners. liners. Fridge yeah. liners, all fine. Whatever you want to do. Just, yeah. Yeah, as long as it's lined. Yes. Okay? But put slits in them, Rabbi. Oh, 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 oh yes. For, for, you can put slight slits into it to make sure for humanitarian or health reasons Where as well. do they sell these fridge liners? You can put what? Oh. Little on the sides where, where you can have slits in it. We're not going to put the food itself. Oh, okay. Okay. Hot plates, blech. Hot plates and blech. Now, if you want it to be easy, then you get a new hot plate and blech for Pesach. If you don't have that option, then you could double cover it with aluminum foil, and then it's fine. Okay? Clean it first. Should be no actual comments on it. And then put uh, a, a, a double foil aluminum. You say a brand of fresh for your brocha tadina elohim melchoilam. Anyone listening to this, you don't say a name. Okay. Um, if they're listening on that, they can. Um, not now. They'll be listening to it later. <laughs> Actually, if it be on a telephone listening to it now, it would be a good question. They should probably say I mean. But be, if they're listening to a recorded lecture, they don't say I mean. Um, Black Happy... Double cover. Am I missing anything right now as far as this goes? Okay. Rings. If you need with your rings, you should cash your rings. How do you cash your rings? Just take some ammonia and make sure that it's clean. Change your vacuum cleaner bags. I change, especially before Pesach. Change your vacuum cleaner bags. Wait, 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 wait. wait, 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 wait. Brooms. Change your broom or, or make sure you're, today the brooms are much easier because they're Easily the old wood type rooms with the uh, thistles, you have to really check thoroughly. But check that your brooms are clean as well. Yes? Plata? Clean it well and double cover with aluminum foil. Double cover it. Well, if you, or check it very well. Or just check it, check it well. There's nothing in it. Yeah. But just make sure to check it. Check it. Tables. In terms of brooms, what if I put it in the chloroform? Then it won't be edible. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yes, that'll be fine. Um, tables. Now, tables, last I heard, most people eat on tables. And tables actually should be covered twice. Once, ideally, with contact paper uh, or uh, a, a covering, and then with a tablecloth. You should keep a tablecloth the whole time. Now, what would be the problem if you have one level? Let's say it would be a pa- like our tablecloth, the cloth tablecloth. You have these tables, a cloth tablecloth. Well, just this week, we had a nice kiddush, which is Linda Baum's sponsored kiddush. She had a hot shalant. And I saw someone's son, it wasn't mine, of course, <laughs> spilled the boiling hot shalant on the table. Okay? Right here. So this table, and I'm sure over the year, lots of boys and girls, not my children, of course, spilled <laughs> hot shalant and hot food on these tables. So these tables are comments, right? Now you take that cloth, white tablecloth, and you cover the table. Now, now these tables are clean. They did a good job. They're clean. And your soup, your hot soup 
or something wet hits that tablecloth, it seeps through the table, there's going to be a transfer of taste. So you want to make sure that there's a contact paper or aluminum foil. There are pads at bed. And if you have a plastic, if you have a plastic tablecloth, most likely you won't have a problem if it's not absorbable. If it won't absorb through. But the, 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 the safe bed is to cover it twice. Now, if you have a desk upstairs, which you never eat on, then you have no problem. We're talking about where you eat your food. The table's where you eat. Now, if you're going to you eat on your desk throughout the year, your oatmeal, and you're going to eat there on Pesach, then that also should be covered as well. But if you're not eating there, then just take your ammonia, uh, your Clorox wipe and make sure something's there. It, it's clean. Okay? Yeah, so when you're cleaning, you should make sure that, that those cracks and crevices um, are clean. Okay. This is for the house. Any other questions as far as cleaning? Yes. Not a problem. Just take your Clorox wipe, make sure it's clean, and that's it. You're not eating there, right? Because if you're not eating there, well, you're not. If you see a half a piece of bread, make sure to throw that out and get rid of it. If there's crumbs, you can take your your Clorox wipe and you wiped it. So nothing to worry about. It's not, 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 no problem. 